0: Hello and welcome to the Driven Show. My name is James Driveny and this is my show. Today I am on my own through to a series of unfortunate events, including a root canal, which we'll not go into. But I'm here, I've watched some wrestling, I have things to report to you. We've been covering Cyberfight Group for a while now, and it was Noah's turn to have a show this weekend, in fact they had two really big shows, uh, it was the Noah TV studio. There was actually no crowd there, which is quite shocking considering the size of the shows and the matches that were involved. But I am going to show tell it to you about what happened, and uh, the matches and what I thought of it, and what I thought of the shows, and we'll go from there. This is probably going to be not the longest of particular podcasts this week. We have got some cool stuff coming up for you in the next couple of weeks. It's just because I'm on my own today. And as you know, I'm not keen on doing it by myself, but every show goes out every Monday, come hell or high water, and that's what we do. So singles match opened the first night. This was on Saturday the 26th, and it was Noah Cage War 2021. It involved Manubi Soya and Kenya Okada in 11 minutes and 22 seconds. Of a perfectly serviceable matchup. Okada is the young boy coming up. Sawyer is a little bit more experienced. Uh Sawyer has been wrestling for quite some time now, as you can imagine, fourteen years. Um, and yeah, he's he's very good and this was a good match. Okada's kind of the the focus of this match. He's been wrestling for two years and he's he's clearly the up and coming star. He's clearly, they're putting a lot of focus on him. They have been doing this weekend as well. So I think they have plans for him uh, just from the way the commentary worked. Um, Commentary was really, really good, actually. I'm starting to enjoy the commentary. They're a little bit... uh, What's the word? They're really good at what they do. Um, However, they tend to be a bit flat on colour and overly exuberant at times. But having said that, I enjoyed it. Um... Yeah, Okada, is very good for a young boy. I think he's going to be really good. He's a young boy, he's 28. It's like, no, we don't seem to have such a, a low cut-off point with their age groups, and I think that's no bad thing. They have a bit, The wrestlers have a bit more about them as far as their life experience is concerned, they can bring that to the ring with them. 11 minutes, 22 seconds, pretty good for what it was. Next up, Kai Fujimura and Yatsuki Yano, again, two younger wrestlers, were defeated by Stinger, Hayata and Yoshiari. Ogawa. 8 minutes and 36 seconds. This was actually a very good match. Uh, Fujimura is a freelancer. Uh, he's been wrestling for just over a year. And Yano is a Noah Dojo boy. He's been wrestling for just under a year. And they were going up against the two veterans in Hayata uh, who you know has been around for a long time. We've talked about him on this show before. And Yoshirō Ogawa, the legend that is the former GHC heavyweight and junior heavyweight champion. Um, It it was good. Um, And again, Ayata and Ogawa are just a kind of classy junior heavyweight tag team. They know what they're doing. The next thing up was a bit weird. (laughs) It was an eight-man tag featuring Sugurigon, which is Kazunari Mikami, Kazushi Sakuraba, Kendo Kishin and Takashi Sugiyaru. They defeated Funky Express, Akitsesu Saito, Osayo Inoue, Muhammad Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi. 22 minutes and 40 seconds. And this seemed to go on for about 22 hours and 40 minutes. It it was all the old guys having fun, uh, really. It wasn't particularly serious, but it led to some serious stuff with Funky Express. Funky Express of Sato, Inoue, Yone and Taniguchi... I think, in a way, and Saito were forced to join Funky Express after losing a tag team match to Taniguchi and Yone. Um, and Saito doesn't really look that particularly comfortable in the Funky Express gear. I'll be honest. Um, and they kind of like lacked an awful lot of leadership and decision-making prowess, which is the reason why uh, Takeshi Sugira ended up like beating all of them. Because at one point it was 4 by 4 and then three of the Segura guys got, got kicked out and then Segura by himself and he beat four of the Funky Express guys. Which is a bit strange. Sakuraba managed to eliminate himself Randy Savage style from this uh, scramble match which has an over the top rope elimination rule by doing a Pescado over the top rope and then landing with his feet on the floor and going, Oh, oh yeah, can't do that in this match. Um, but yes, it was quite long. But entertaining, nonetheless. Nonetheless? Nonetheless, it was quite entertaining. So, yes, um, I thought that was alright. Um, but, you know, nothing particularly to write home about. What's more to my particular taste was Masaki Machizu and Naemichi Marufuji. That's M's Alliance. They defeated Kato Kiyama and Yoshiko Inamura in 18 minutes and 30 seconds. Kiyomi and Inamura have kind of been making inroads in nowhere in previous months. Kiyomoya is the youngest GHC heavyweight champion ever at 24. Oh, was 20. He was younger than that when he won it. He is an exceptional talent. Mostly Marufuichi and Mochizuki. We know about them. And Inamura is a great fireplug wrestler. And these four really get after it. And it was a fun match. It was the kind of thing you wanted uh, to have a bit more weight to proceedings. We had a lot of fun stuff and a lot of lighter stuff. And this is like, right, this is proper, this is serious. And I really enjoyed this match. It was a lot of fun, but still in a more serious professional wrestling way. And and good. Just just solid. Solid pro wrestling that you kind of expect Noah to produce. Now then, we've talked about the Noah Junior Heavyweight Championship before. Um, And the junior division in Noah is a bit crazy... Um, and to kind of like match up with that, they had a GHC Junior Heavyweight number one contendership from the uh, Battle Royal, which was won by Hayata, who defeated Daisuke Yurada, Heiji Muraha, Heio Neo Aeta, Ikuti Hidaki, Yoi Suzumi, Junta, Hunter Makawa, Katara Suzuki, who came back uh, for this show, Nosawa Rangai, Seki Yoshika, and Tadesuke, Yohei and Yoshihane Ogawa, 35 minutes. This was a long battle royal. Now, I've said in the past that usually Japanese battle royals don't really mean very much. It's a bit of fun and entertainment to get people by. This one actually meant a lot because Hayata, by winning this, got a shot at the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion the following day on the next card. But it was a lot of fun and there was a lot of meaningful stuff going on with it. You had obviously the the factions are the big issue in this. There is essentially... Stinger um and there is Congo uh, as well as the Huntai team and of course Perostamal de Hapon. De um for those of you who don't know where Perostamal, Perostamal was a f- group founded by um Pero Aguayo, some son, Aguayo Jr. uh before he passed away and was an organization and promotion That works in AAA mainly because Noah has a a working agreement with AAA. So Perro Samal means Dogs of War, and it's a lot of older wrestlers who uh, have a fair amount of experience, which kind of matches up with that kind of uh, uh, attitude. Um, Yeah, and this was a lot of fun, but it had meaningful stuff in it. The Junior Heavyweight Division, Noah is not quite as aerial based, but it is quite lucha based. So there are big high spots and stuff, but it's a lot of storytelling. Told in a Japanese style with a bit of a King's Row base to it. There's lots of different stuff going on at different levels. I always enjoy watching no Junior Heavyweight Wrestling because it's so different to what I'm used to with New Japan. It's got different characters. They're all really animated. They're all really invested in what they're doing in the storyline. So this is really cool for me to watch and see what they've been up to with this particular company. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I strongly recommend it. Um, as a battle royal, it's one of the best battle royals I've seen in a long time to be honest with you. And I really, really, really suggest you go watch it. And then next up was a hair versus hair steel cage match, which is about the least know thing you can possibly imagine. The tag team champions, Masa Ketiyama and Katsuki Ketsu, Nakajima, have not been getting along and decided that, well, no, Ketiyama decided he was going to leave Congo, the organization, the group that he was in, and he was going to leave Nakajima Uh, As a friendship, but they're still tag team champions. And so they go into this match carrying the tag team belts, one each, and then they have this tag team, this singles match to put a full stop on their relationship. However, they're still tag team champions. Um, And their idea of this was it would just settle all the bad blood, even though Kateyama doesn't want anything to do with Nakajima. So this was the first cage match Noah had. Which they clearly borrowed the cage off DDT. Um, but it was really interesting. They got Bull Nakano. Of course, famous cage match veteran. For some two of the biggest cage matches in her career against Akira Hokuto. And with um, Kondos, uh, well, Kyoki Winaway against Jungle Jack back in the early 1990s. <clears throat> so she offered insight for the Japanese audience. But this was... Excellent. this was an excellent professional wrestling match which really kind of highlighted the problems that these two have it told a story really well it showed how it played into Congo and the group as a faction as a whole and they were all there in Ring Ascendants at ringside Keno who's the leader of that particular group uh, patiently introduced both men and then bowed to them both and made sure they were both okay and kind of locked the door and let them get on with it. And that was pretty much what it was all about. It was about trying to settle scores and sorting themselves out. Both of them bled. This was as stiff as houses. I mean, Nakajima is one of the stiffest kickers going. And Masa Kitayama is really. Um, he was. it was, uh, Is Masa Saito reborn for the 21st century, to be honest with you? I mean, he was trained by Saito. He wears the same gear as Saito. He's called Masa. <laughs> he's got a phenomenal backdrop uh, suplex. Nakajima is just always on fire with everything he's does. His kicks are phenomenal. And this was a blisteringly hot match, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I really did. I thought this was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And it comes from a company that I have really just started enjoying again properly because I get to see their products on a regular basis. And if this is the standard of main event you can come to Express from the company then then then, then you, then, then everything's okay. These are two of their younger guys. Nakajima's already well-established former GHC heavyweight champion. Of course, you may remember him from a few years ago when he took part in the G1, uh, along with Naimichi Marifuji. And yeah, no, this is great. Absolutely phenomenal wrestling from both of them. 8.5H from the cage match users off of 18 votes, which will tell you an awful lot. And Kitiyama is the rising star, but it doesn't really drop off Nakajima that much. He doesn't need this. He did have a fairly awful haircut as Kano came in with some shears uh, and rather reluctantly shaved his head. It looked like he'd attacked it with a knife and fork, to be honest with you. But here we are. And <laughs> Kitayama did his thing and left. And that was pretty much that, and it was very good. For what it was and I thoroughly enjoyed it as I said. And I strongly recommend that you watch that entire card. Because it was well worth the price of admission. It was a lot of fun. Um, but we'll go on to the next night. Which had a main event uh, to die for as far as draws are concerned. The leader of Congo, Keno, was going to wrestle not Kieji Muto. But the great Muta. Two completely different wrestlers if you've been following Japanese wrestling for a long time. Anyway, we start at the beginning. Kiana Okada loses to Yoshi Inamura in 10 minutes and 37 seconds. And again, this is you know a good outing by Okada. They clearly believe in him. They see a future for him. Inomura was fine. He was great. I love his kind of fireplug aesthetic. And uh, it's a very old-style wrestling match for a rookie to have where he loses to the veteran. But nothing wrong with it. Absolutely fine. Um, next up... Katarik Suzuki and Akuti Hidaki of Paros D'Amal took on Kiyo Fujimura and Yatsuki Yano of, uh, well, they're just contact because they're youngsters. And uh, yeah, it was fun and kind of really got to see what the legends Hidaki and Suzuki are and explored a bit more of their style, which they didn't really get to show off to its absolute height in the Battle Royal. Suzuki's been off with injury for a while. It was nice to see him come back. And this was a, a nice way of kind of introducing them, reintroducing them to an audience especially an audience that's only just started to see them on Wrestle Universe more and more and more. And they can grow with the fans. Next up was a bit of a weird one. <laughs> um, Funky Express after their losing effort to see the day before decided to have a King Decision match. The winner of the match would be called the king of Funky Express and would lead the organisation with a more clearly defined um, expression of intent for Funky Express. This match was 24 minutes long. Only one of them is under 50. They move very, very, very slowly. Having said that, it was still a lot of fun. Because these guys know how to get the absolute best out of the absolute minimum. Because they're all really old, I'm not kidding you. if you had all their ages together, it would come out close to two hundred. <laughs> so you know they were averaging fifty years old, and some of them were older than that so yes it was it was it was okay for what it was, but it did seem to take an extraordinarily long period of time um because mainly because people move slowly when they're over 50 and i'm 46 so i have no i i know this i can tell you i move slower than i did 10 years ago actually i don't because i lost a load of weights compared to where i was 10 years ago but having said that yes it, it it did what it did and it was fun and entertaining but it isn't like you know match of the year or anything It it will do fine <laughs> Ah uh, where we go. Well yes, we're back into the junior heavyweight division craziness. Yoshinari gawa, Seiki Yoshioka, and Susumi of um Stinger. Um lost to Yohei, Nasawa, and Eta of Mal. This was a really fun match. Eta, legend from Dragon Gate, finally got his hands on Agawa, the legend of Noah. And after a brief exchange, Yota said, well, maybe he isn't that good. And that was the story of this match. Yohei defeating Yoshiaka is fine. That makes perfect sense when they're trying to establish him. And, um, yeah, no, this is this was good wrestling with a bit of all-time dream match stuff chipped in there. But definitely fun and definitely high quality. So I recommend that match too. Next was a 10-man tag. Mr. Kitayama, Keito Kiyami... Dasuki Hirado and Hajime Chikara, along with Hunter Miyakao Miyawaki, went up against Congo, which was Katsushiro Yakujima, Manubi Soya, Overlord, Neo, and Tadasuke. And Tadasuke got a pin over Ohara, which was uh, a good kind of thing. It was a good pinfall, um, but it was good. I really enjoyed this matchup. 21 minutes and 56 seconds. When you've got 10 guys who can go like this, that doesn't matter so much that it's 20 minutes long for an undercard tag match. I'm fine with that. It's when it's like for 25 minutes long for a, a four corners match that doesn't really need to be there for no apparent reason. But yes, no, this was good. And uh, kind of moved the story along with a lot of different things, especially Nakajima and um, Kiyama because Kitiyama, sorry, because they got to go back and finish off the story from the previous day. And have a bit of resolution towards it. Um, and no one was really dominant over the other. So they got plenty of space to work with. And this was good. I liked it. Finally, we had a junior heavyweight t- singles championship match. Atosushi Koseje lost his GHC. I know he said IWGP. Yeah, I'm going to stop now. Lost his GHC junior heavyweight championship in 24 minutes and 22 seconds uh, to a four- by a cross-type 403 impact. Over Cutter J. And this was, again, exceptional work. Both these guys couldn't really, really go. They were kind of really on top form, both of them. And I really enjoyed watching this wrestling match. Um, For two guys I don't know a massive amount about, they had me hooked. I was into what they were doing. And this was a great championship-level wrestling match. I enjoyed it a lot, certainly. And there was lots of the big moves. But again, it's still not ridiculously awfully difficult like, you know, dangerous or big move matches and stuff. It's just good storytelling. There are plenty just there are dives, there's some top rope stuff, but the majority of it is good storytelling with good stiff wrestling, which is my kind of thing. If you don't your junior heavyweight's a bit more athletic and a bit more top rope Frankensteinery, then there are plenty of other places you can find that. But these guys were fine. I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. Next up, M's Alliance, or another two members of this whole well, another member of M's Alliance, Namichi Marufuji tagged with Masato Tanaka against Takeshi Suguri and Kazushi Sakuraba. And Marafuji, who will be defending his GHC Heavyweight Championship against the GHC National Champion, Segura, Lott, one, took a win, which kind of sets him up for some momentum going into that next main event where he will make his first defense of the GHC Championship title in this reign. Other than that, Four guys who know what they're doing. Four guys who can go. These guys are older. Again, not one of them is under 45. However, their ability to wrestle far exceeds the fact that they're over 45. They can be as slow as they want to be without really detracting themselves from the matchup. This was so much fun to watch. Thoroughly enjoyed everything. I would watch Kazushi Sukaraba wrestle on Lemon for the rest of my life. I'd be well happy. Uh, but you had plenty of stuff going on here too. Loads of experience, former GHC champions, ECW champions, FMW champions, uh, UFC champions, Pride champions. This was excellent and well worth the price of admission. But the reason, well, if you could actually get tickets for it, because no one did. But the actual main event of the evening was Kenno, who as we discussed last week, has no sense of humour. And was therefore the ideal foil for the return of the Great Muta. Since losing the GHC Heavyweight Championship ma- uh, title a few weeks ago, uh, Keiji Mutu has gone away, and the Great Muto has replaced him. And you got plenty of commentary about the history of Muto, which a character which has been around for thirty-two years now. He was already a veteran when he came up with the character, so it's a, he's yes, it's 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 an excellent story, but you know. It, it's a good reference, but what matters is actually in the ring. And Kenno is the ideal person for this, in much the same way that Kenno was the ideal foil for DDT, he's the ideal foil for Muta because he's everything Muta is not. Muta is a professional wrestler, entertainer, and storyteller. Kenno is a professional wrestler. He stands there and does offense and he talks and he barely ever speaks or moves his lip unless he absolutely has to, compared to the Muta, who's always stalking and talking and mumbling to himself and spitting. And boy, did he spit some ink in this one! He's got some really serious ink capsules because he managed to actually lay out five loads of mist at one point or another to various people, as far as I can count, and end up taking the win of Kenno. Kenno fired back with all sorts of things, basically throwing the kitchen sink at the great Muta. But Muta was in charge for most of the match. The only points where things looked a bit different, even in post-match, uh, where you know Muta kind of asserted his authority, was when Kenno set fire to his kick pad. And tried to hit Muta in the chest. Well he did succeed in hitting Muta in the chest. uh, But he still lost the match. This was a pretty dominant performance from Muta. Which when you're establishing a new character. Or an old character that's being reborn for the first time in a long time. He needs that kind of support. And that kind of um, booking. To allow him to come off as a serious threat. So that was really, really important. So there you go. I have recorded two shows, or reviewed two shows, in 22 minutes. I wish I could make it a bit longer, but there's not an awful lot else I could say. We'll be back with a regular show with guests and stuff next week, one way or another, I promise. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to The Troopany Show. My name is James Troopany. I would like to thank Noah, GHC, and for Wrestle Universe for producing such a wonderful show. We hope you enjoy it. You can find me at Sherry Flownstar on Twitter. You can find the show Show on Twitter, And you can find us on Facebook and Patreon where you can keep the Troopity Show free forever for everyone. Take care and we'll see you soon. Bye!